Welcome everybody to another episode of COVID Convos. Got uh, our friends again, uh, Kesh and Griggsy joining us as usual. Hey guys. Hey man, how you going? G'day Simon. Awesome to be here, mate. Yeah, good to see you guys. We've also got uh, a special guest tonight, Carsten Grimm. I was going to say all the way from New Zealand, but uh, it's not that far away uh, for us here in Australia. But how are you, Carsten? Great. Thanks, Simon. Thanks for having me on. Good to see you guys. Kish, Grigsy. Good to be here. Thanks for coming in, mate. It's uh, great to see your face and uh, looking forward to a good combo tonight. Just for people out there listening, Carsten, would you be able to just give us a um, um, little rundown on your background and uh, an interest? Yeah, sure. So I guess for me, um, as we've sort of previously talked about, you and um, Kish and I, so my background's in psychology, that's my uh, most recent career, but I didn't start out there. So my first career was in aviation. I'd sort of grown up watching this little piece of art house cinema that no one would have heard of, uh, Top Gun. And uh, so I wanted to fly. And so that's what I did. I did that for five and a half years. <laughs> and through that, got really interested in mental skills and positive psychology and you know, high performance and that kind of stuff. So I studied. Uh, and decided to push all my chips into psychology. Um, so left aviation, retrained, um, became a psychologist. And so now I'm supporting high performers and pilots and first responders. Um, and I, I'm one of the lucky ones. I love what I do. I'm passionate about it. Um, you guys have heard me talk about this at length in the past. Um, so I feel like I've found my calling and I'm really aligned with what I do. That's excellent, mate. I definitely when I've spoken to you about it, I get that sense for sure. So, um, as I mentioned, you're over in New Zealand. We haven't had anyone on the show um, from New Zealand before, and we usually just ask people uh, how things are going in your local area and, and yeah, what's been changing recently. Um, yeah, can you just explain to us um, what you're seeing and, and feeling over there? Yeah, well, you know, there's a bit on. Um, so, I guess every country's sort of response is a little bit different, but ours has really escalated really quickly. So the government's announced, um, like maybe it was as recently as sort of 24 hours ago, that we're going into full lockdown and that kicks off at midnight tonight. So fully restricted uh, movements, only leaving the house basically if you need to get essential uh, sort of items, groceries, medical otherwise staying at home so we've been working from home um, pretty much all this week and now we're going into into full lockdown so um, so a lot of change a lot of uncertainty um, I would say I would say panic but not so much you know I'm not sensing that um, so much out of the sort of the New Zealand response we're getting a lot of messaging from Special channels, you know, be kind to one another. We're in this together, we're going to get through it. And I think that's really done a lot actually to sort of set the tone. So there has been a lot of uncertainty, but I but I think the messaging has been um, appropriate. And I think a lot of Kiwis are certainly feeling like the response is the the right one, the appropriate one. And as I say, um, we're we're staying in. That's it. So we're in lockdown from midnight tonight. Mm. Wow, that um yeah, it sounds like it's all happening. Um, 
like in most things, mate, we find New Zealand follows Australia um, or lags behind <laughs> Australia a bit. But uh, what are the what are the, the stats over there in terms of number of uh, cases and, and that sort of thing? Is it? Um, I, I must confess, I haven't been following New Zealand compared sure. to US and Europe and that sort of thing. But yeah, yeah, where's it up to? Well, you know, I, I guess um, maybe it follows a similar pattern to other countries. Most of our cases have been from uh, arrivals from overseas, being you know island nations. So um, we've just clocked over two hundred cases, but of course it's following the same kind of exponential doubling pattern. And and I mean we could all see where this is following, of course, you know, sort of seeing what's happened in Europe. And so the, the government's messaging has been you know, go hard, go early is why they've really escalated the, the isolation response. Um, so 200 cases we've also heard we've had about sort of somewhere between 15, 20 people recover, um, which I get, again, I think is a really important part of the messaging and mm. the framing of this whole experience. Mm. Carsten, I was just interested, mate, how your work's being affected by, um, by I guess, the situation so far. So obviously working with, um, with in psychology and high performance, um, I, I'm guessing that a, a huge part of it is that face-to-face that, um, -face developing relationships. Um, how have you seen it so far? Mm. Yeah, I think there's, there's probably two things to say about that, Grigsy. So the first one is that a lot of the people that I'm working with and supporting, so that in the sort of the first responder kind of area, they've just read a been redeployed as you can imagine into supporting the community right so there's there's been a lot of uncertainty there they've had to re-roll what they do um, all training's been cancelled right um, as you'd expect that's appropriate and now they're sort of being redeployed to support the community response so so that's the first thing to say is of course like who's not affected i mean everyone's affected in different ways i've certainly seen that in the work that the people that, that i support their work's really changed quite quickly in terms of my work so, I mean, like probably the world over, you know, we've moved to this remote sort of support, a remote working arrangement, right? So, um, and in, I'll have to say, in some ways, that's that's been really positive, I think, because um, in, in some ways, because what that has essentially forced us to do is examine some of our practices and how we support our people and allowed us to sort of explore other ways of how we can support from afar, how we can use, you know, Zoom like we're doing here. In this conversation um, and how we can we can be a lot more flexible around meeting people where they're at with whatever's going on and we don't have to be there in the same room so that's how we're sort of seeing and it's unfolding right it's unfolding we're all sort of just experiencing it's emergent um, but in, in that regard we're definitely sort of seeing a move towards way more flexibility uh, in our work practices. I, I feel like it's really brought forward this move to online learning and and um you know conversations like this over whatever mm. platform you're using but um you know online meetings and all that that we've been talking about for a long time have been coming for a long time but this is almost like pushed us off the cliff and and uh jumped in the deep end if you like um it all seems to be working pretty well but i'm also interested to see when we hopefully come out the other side of this how much of it sticks i suppose and mm. how many of those those things like you were just uh, referring to Carsten actually keep going or whether we just revert back to the old nine to five into the office and yeah I've been sort of thinking out loud around some of those themes myself Simon I a couple of things I'd probably say to that I think one is I think crises like this often sort of test 
systems and sort of expose where systems are out of balance, right? And that can be in like big ways and in small ways. So, you know, macro system, economic systems, but even in the micro, you know, like in the family system, where are things out of balance? You know, we're resilient to weather, things like this. And personally too, like where am I personally out of balance? How have I been living out of balance? You know, where am I stressed out? Potentially I haven't been so, so I think there's plenty of that going down at the moment. Um, and the other thing I'd say was around um, the opportunity to examine our values, you know. So one of the modalities I use is, right, you know, you've heard me talk about it in the past, um, Kesha Simon, acceptance, clinical therapy. A big part of that is examining your values and, and hitting pause, taking a look at the things that are most important. Of course, we've seen plenty of themes around that lately around, you know, Stopping and having this opportunity uh, in isolation to maybe focus on things that really matter, family, etc. But I think if we do that, I think we do stand an opportunity. There is an opportunity for us to really consolidate and examine what's most important. And my hope, anyway, some being a humanist and maybe a little bit naive, but but an optimist at, at centre is that that stuff will stick. Mm. Um want to dig in Carsten because it's a recurring theme and I think a really important one that this disruption is is bringing a lot of our expectations and assumptions surface level um, everything that we consider implicit under the surface um, we're having to reconsider and this concept of like you know digging that's an opportunity to dig into what's important um, I would love to know more about how you know what are some of the things that you know you've been using what you've used in the past that can help people do that um, mm -hmm. you know we talk a lot about it opportunity here but mm. yeah how do you take that yeah yeah great because eh? it's it's one thing to sit around here and just riff on it but how do you put it into practice in your life so a couple of ways that respond again micro and macro so you know if we just think about what we're, what we're up for here in New Zealand Australia and elsewhere in the world you know four weeks of, of isolation at home one thing we can do is examine okay well what's best case how would we weather this best you know if this isolation period went as well as it possibly could you know what would things be like for my family for me my health well-being and other things after four weeks right so you can you can dig into that i've got some other sort of things that might be useful around that a little bit longer term around the values well there's, there's plenty of values exercises that can help you identify what's most important you know thank you here you know if you were to sort of be an observer at your sort of 80th birthday and lots of people saying nice things about you, like what would you in your heart of hearts really want pe people to be saying about you? How you lived your life and what you committed to and what you stood for and what you spent your time on, what you spent your resources on, you know, that, that stuff can really help you surface actually what you might not be paying a lot of attention to because we're all so busy scrolling and running from one thing to another, right? So. So here's again opportunity, humanity, bereavements, all that kind of stuff acknowledged. Right, but here is this kind of tentative silver lining for us to really sort of take a knee and maybe do some of that deeper in a word. Carsten, just interested to, to hear whether you've had to reassess any of those assumptions or values yourself in the last week or two. You want to know. Grigsy, what's funny about this for me personally, off this period of sabbatical over Christmas and New Year's, uh, and I've just been in this you know, really fortunate position to be able to take a little bit of extra time and, and do some of that work. 
And what that really exposed um, for me was some of these themes I think a lot of us have been confronted with around uh, living more simply and uh, connection with family. And, and another thing actually for me that I'd sort of rediscovered in me was this kind of, um, sounds funny to say it, but this, this real um, desire, longing for something deeper and spiritual, like the spiritual value that I hadn't really been honoring um, the way that I was sort of living my life in the last few years. So I'd been, I'd been really reconnecting with that stuff um, right before this all went down. And so I feel like that is um, a great foundation for me to go into this uncertainty because I feel like I've actually done some of that work recently, right? Just by virtue, the comedy of timing, hey, you know, I just happened to be able to have some of this time with the family. Um, and now that's, now that's playing out, you know, so um, I've got my uh, two older stepdaughters staying with us and their partners. So, you know, we've got a full house, but families here, we're all in isolation together and we can really sort of recommit to some of that family stuff. Um, and I think that, you know, there was an opportunity for us to not do that, you know, like we could have stayed here, my wife and our five-year-old and the girls could have stayed away. But I think because those values were so salient to me, I was like, no, listen, let's, let's make the move and let's get everyone together and let's be under one roof. Austin is, is touching on a, definitely an interest area about um, values and, and living by your values. And, and I always thought that I, I lived up to that. Um, but I suppose I've, I've been also reassessing things a little bit in my life and, and trying to um, get a bit more clear about what I actually mean when I talk about my values and then living by them, which is a whole other thing. Um, and it can actually be quite hard and not feel great in the moment. Um, sort of like, you know, sort of I think there's an analogy around, you know, maybe going to the gym and, and working out. Um, you know it's the right thing to do, but it's but it's hard work. Um, but after doing it for a while, you start to feel better and it gets a bit easier. But really, to be honest, if it was if you're after the easiest thing, you just probably sit on the couch and, and watch telly. We're not experiencing that discomfort for no reason. Like we're we're experiencing that we're being willing to have that slightly uncomfortable experience in the service of something that's important to us. Right. So, and what whatever's you know, worthwhile to us, there's going to be some kind of um, effort or sacrifice or discomfort that might need to be made, you know, some kind of self-disciplining or something, right? So that, that willingness to tolerate some of that discomfort in the service of something greater, I think that's a really key component. And I think your, your gym analogy, Mike, that's, that is a really good one. I think like strengthening that, that muscle, right, of willingness to experience that in the service of something that's uh, more important. I, I think though, and for me, certainly in my life, I think it's been greatly helped by having a, a clearer true north, right? Because if you don't know why you're working out, right, and then you come up against a hard set, well, you might just be a little bit more inclined to flag it and walk away. But if you've got a very clear sense of direction, right, that, that's a resource, that's an inner resource that can be cultivated, a muscle that can be strengthened, right, and that can help you in those moments. Mm. I think that's great advice, uh, Carsten. I'm uh, probably going to walk away from this episode and, and have a good think about my life for the next 24 hours, <laughs> um, or maybe a bit longer. Um, I'm interested, just you touched on the idea of, um, of strengthening a muscle, and um, I know that you're, an, you're uh, interested particularly in, in mindfulness. 
And I'm guessing that that's one mechanism to strengthen that muscle. Um, as somebody who's just sort of still very, I guess, fresh to mindfulness, what would you, what would be your recommendations to people, myself included, um, on how they might use it in the current situations to strengthen mm. that muscle? Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think um, the first thing I'd say is, um, I think in a time like this, the smartest thing you can do, you can do in, ter in terms of your mindfulness practice is approach it with a healthy dose of self-compassion, right? Because <laughs> there's a lot on, and there's going to be a lot on your mind, and you're probably outside of your normal routine, right? And so sitting on your cushion, it, it's a great practice, and, and I totally recommend it to everyone. But it may be that your mind is very busy right now. And so a healthy dose of self-compassion around your experiences is probably a good place to start. Um, it is something that just takes time, right? And it is that gym analogy, right? But, but what it can do is it can help you, A, with a, a relaxation response, which is great at a time like this. But, but over time, it can really help you to identify, you know, the narratives, the... Um, the stuff that's playing in your mind on loop, right? And it can just open up a little window, just a tiny little window at first. You can get a little bit more visibility on that and, and it'll allow you to unhook from some of that stuff, right? That might be derailing your behavior, right? But it doesn't have to be, it does not have to be formally on the cushion, right, with a timer. It might just be a couple of times sprinkled throughout your day, what they call informal mindfulness, right? When you're washing your hands, right? When you're preparing a meal, when you're having a glass of water just little micro moments of checking in with yourself, right? That sprinkled throughout the day, that can be like getting just a few extra reps, you know, on your mindfulness practice, right? And if, and if you can remember to do it, awesome. If you can't, see point A around self-compassion. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna jump in there. Um, love that advice, Carson. Uh, and I wanna share actually something that we've been doing as well. Uh, because like you said, it doesn't have to be on the cushion, but one of the things the COVID combos has been practicing throughout this process is before jumping onto our chats, uh, we take a moment of mindfulness with each other just to arrive, ground, um, take a moment to check in with ourselves and um, be able to enter a new space a little bit fresher. And I guess we're entering, all of us are entering so many different online spaces now. It's just a simple thing that can make the difference. Like I, I notice when I'm bumped from one Zoom call to the next, to the next, to the next, it's so draining. But just mm. that small practice of taking a moment, um, gathering yourself, maybe one minute, two minutes uh, of mindfulness just changes the whole experience. Yeah, 100%. And would it, would it be okay if I just took us through a real um, brief sort of 30-second mindfulness sort of exercise that, that I find really useful and that other people might find really useful just as a tool. Yeah, man, 100%. Um, cool. It's, it's from, again, from ACT, and I think Russ Harris um, is the one who came up with it. It's just called Dropping Anchor. Dropping Anchor, and it just follows this format, A-C-E, ACE, and the first part is just acknowledging, you know, here we are and we're having this experience. And we're just acknowledging whatever thoughts are going through our mind right now, whatever chatterbox mind is going on, acknowledging that acknowledging whatever emotional tone is in our experience right now, any anxiety, 
sense of uncertainty, acknowledging that, right? So that's the A part. And the C part, it's just connecting back with the body, right? So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just connecting with whatever sensations you can feel. And that might be as simple as feeling the weight of the body in the chair, your hands on the legs. You might like to have a stretch, roll the shoulders, right? take a deep breath, just connecting back with the body. And the last part, E, is engaging with the outside world. So just looking around wherever you are, just pointing out or noticing four or five things that you can see in the room. Right? And then engaging with whatever you're doing. So here we are, we're having this conversation. So very simple way of dropping anchor. So acknowledging whatever's going on, connecting back in the body and engaging with the outside world. And, you know, dropping anchor in a storm doesn't make the storm go away, right? The storm's going to be there, but it's just a place where you can just center yourself and hold on and allow that storm to pass. Love it. Thanks, Carsten leads me i suppose to the next question which was around um what i'm aware there's lots of um resources and apps and those sort of things whether it's smiling mind or headspace or there's probably another hundred or thousand of them um but have you got any tips for people out there um if they want to um i suppose particularly start a bit of a mindfulness practice um is there any resources in particular whether it be app or book or whatever that you would recommend yeah, I mean, I think there's no wrong door, right? I think what's most important is you find something that you like, right? And that you can turn into a habit. You know, we probably have a few I mean, the usual suspects, I always advocate for people, um, your standard sort of headspace. They're offering um, a free section in their app at the moment called Weathering the Storm with a bunch of really useful uh, resources there. Quite like also Dan Harris's app, 10% uh, Happier. Um, they've got a section called, I think, the Coronavirus Sanity Guide with a bunch of free resources there. And um, Sam Harris's app, um, Waking Up, I believe, has got a bunch of um, resources there as well. Um, and, and often, you know, I'm sort of seeing these apps are offering at least sort of part of their services for free, part of their content for free uh, in response to this. So no wrong door, find one that you like, find a time in the day that works for you and just slowly but surely chip away at that habit building. Yeah, great. No excuse not to, uh, not to give it a try now if people aren't already, but well, actually further to that, a lot of good reasons to, mm -hmm. to um, try and uh, try out mindfulness if you haven't already. Unfortunately, Carsten, we've come to, yeah, pretty much uh, the end of our time. Um, Thanks again um, for everything tonight, but is there one last opportunity, I suppose, to, um, to raise anything or get any message out to uh, people listening, listening in that uh, you feel is important or you, or you want to get off your chest that uh, haven't had the chance to already tonight? I guess just one, one parting story um, from a colleague that I work with. I, I work, I'm lucky enough to work with some chaplains, padres in my line of business. And one of them was, um, sharing had been in touch with another padre a colleague of his uh, somewhere in asia i think hong kong but i could be mistaken um who had gone through the sars uh, crisis and uh, he asked oh do you have any advice for us here in new zealand based on your experience and he said yes three pieces of advice the first one is look after yourself 
And the second one is look after yourself. And the third one is look after yourself. So my parting words there is very much C point A, self-compassion and take good care of yourself at a time like this. Gold, love it. Thanks again, Carsten. Uh, it's been great, mate. Really enjoyed it. Um, I know I speak for the other guys as well. Um, really appreciate you um, making the time um, in what is uh, yeah definitely a, a busy time and, and quite hectic, I'm sure, for you. Thanks, Simon. Thanks, guys. And everybody, stay safe out there. So that's it for another COVID convo, everybody. Um, just another reminder to please share, like, and subscribe if you've gotten anything out of the session um, tonight and you think other people might, please uh, spread the word. And that's it for us. So you stay healthy, world.